0: Okay so we're supposed to live a life that's a living sacrifice pure and holy acceptable to God we get all that but how are we supposed to know how to serve what are we supposed to do we're going to talk about that today and a lot more on biblestudypodcasts.org starting now are you, are you serious? Hello and welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are listening to org. Today is Monday, September the 27th of 2010. And as always, I am your host, Toby Logsdon. Thank you guys so much for downloading this message today. Hope you guys are uh, doing well. Hope you guys are getting some cooler weather. I know we are here. It was like 50 degrees this morning. I couldn't help it. I had to go out and run. Uh, you know, the other day I went out and ran uh, about 7.5 to 8 miles and uh, in, in the middle of the afternoon. It was the first time I've been able to run in the middle of the afternoon in months. You know, it's just been too hot here. So, man, that felt really good. It felt really good to get out today and run too. Even though I was still a little bit sore from the other day. But fall is definitely in the air and uh, I'm ready for it. Don't know about you guys. Anyway, the verse that we're going to be covering today is Romans chapter 12, verse 3. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12 verse 3. We'll go ahead and get started with that here in just a minute. Uh, just a quick update on the church plant. It's looking like in the next month or so, we're actually going to be resuming our services, and we're going to be doing them on Sunday mornings instead of Sunday evenings. If you're here in northwest Arkansas, and I know that there are a few of you who uh, who are here in northwest Arkansas, so if you're here in this area and you want to check us out, Uh, Drop me an email or Facebook me or something like that, and uh, I'll give you all the details that you would want to know. Or you can just check our website out. It's nc3.tv. Easy website to remember. I can't believe that that was available, but it was, nc3.tv. Anyway, so yeah, we're looking at doing that in the next month or so, and I'm excited about that. We're doing a study on the book of Acts, and wow, you want to talk about learning to rely on the Lord. Man, that is what the first century church was all about, was constantly seeking the Lord and constantly uh, looking for his direction. Pretty awesome when you, when you look at it that way. But without any further ado, we do have a lesson to get to today, and I uh, don't want to take up too much time here before we get to that. It's a little bit of, uh, of material to cover today, but should be good. But let's go ahead and get started with a quick word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you today for who you are and who you've made us. I pray, Lord, that this message would give us a clearer understanding of who we are as new creations in Christ Jesus, not of ourselves, but because of what you've done in us. May it honor and glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of the saddest mental disorders that I've ever come across. And you guys know I've got a little bit of a background in psychology. That was my major in college, studied behavioral modification. So, anyway, one of the saddest mental disorders that I've ever come across, and one which, if I understand correctly, is one of the most difficult to overcome or treat, is anorexia. And I know I've talked about the documentary show they make for television called Intervention. It's a great show. If you ever want to learn how to deal with people who have addictions, that is an awesome show to watch. It's a show where they typically, you know, document the life of a drug addict or alcoholic, and then they perform an intervention with the person, with a professional counselor who works with the show. And they've done several episodes on people who suffer from anorexia as well. It's very, very difficult to imagine what could cause a person who looks like like mere skin and bones to the world, to everyone else. It's difficult to imagine how they could possibly see something totally different when they look in the mirror. In one of the episodes in which they documented someone with anorexia, this woman, weighed probably 90 pounds with her hair wet, you know what I mean? I mean, she was really, really thin, really small. Her ribs protruded so vividly that you would probably be able to see if one of them was broken, I mean, right through her skin. In other words, you know, if she was in a car accident, she wouldn't need to get an x-ray to find out if she had broken ribs. That's how pronounced her ribs were. And yet, as she turned to the side, as she was looking in the mirror, looking rail- Uh, rail thin to the audience, she let out a sigh of disgust and commented about how fat she thought she looked. And one would think, you know, surely this girl has got to be kidding. But she wasn't. Instead, the expression on her face revealed that she was disgusted with herself and she was feeling heartbroken. Well, anyone who's studied anorexia at all would know that there are typically two possible reasons that a person would become anorexic. There are two underlying things behind anorexia. The first is that it's a way to control something in their life, just anything, something. This is something they can control. For the person who's been physically or maybe even sexually abused, Anorexia becomes a way of controlling an aspect of their lives that nobody else can have control over. This is actually a very common cause behind anorexia. The second reason often follows after the first, although sometimes it simply develops over time, and that's this. A person loses their ability to see who they are are in reality. And this usually starts when a person develops the idea that the perfect body has absolutely no signs of the presence of fat. And uh, that can stem from images in magazines, television, or maybe just something a boyfriend or girlfriend once said to them. And so they get this idea, I've got to have zero appearance of fat on my body at all. Whatever the case, when the anorexic looks in the mirror, they don't see themselves as they really are. They don't see themselves as others can see them objectively. All they see is flaws. It's thus, in a sense, at the opposite end of the spectrum from narcissism, which is a disorder in which people don't see their flaws. All they see is perfection. Well, the point I want to make here is that when someone is unable to see themselves as they truly are, Are in reality when their perception is completely out of line with reality, it's unhealthy and can create problems for a person. So you're probably asking, well, what does this have to do with theology or uh, the letter to the Romans, for that matter? Well, I'm glad you've asked. As we started this 12th chapter of Romans, Paul's asked us, as followers of Jesus who have been regenerated at the core of our being as a result of our trust in Him, He's asked us to do something to what? present ourselves as living and holy sacrifices, which Paul told us is the logical or the reasonable response to our position in him, and to experience the transformation which results from what? The renewing of the mind, right? And what was the purpose for doing this? It's to prove that God's will is for that which is good, because he is good. Well, I have to be honest with you here. I know that none of us, not me, not you, none of us, will fully be able to do these things that he's asked us to do without having two things in place. First, we need to have that dependence on the leading and instruction of the Holy Spirit. Read Acts chapter 1. That's what seeking the leading and instruction of the Holy Spirit is all about. But even before that, there's something else that we need. We need a correct Perception, an accurate understanding of who we truly are in Christ, we must grasp the reality of the born again identity. And yeah, I have to admit, that's kind of a play on words. It's kind of a play on the movie called The Born Identity. Uh, It would have been great if they would have called one of the sequels Born Again, wouldn't it have been? But you know, Paul isn't done with this particular line of reasoning, which he started with verse one. So he continues in our passage today, writing in Romans chapter 12, verse three, for through The grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now, I've looked through every single english translation i could find for this verse and i couldn't find a single one that reflects the principle that paul is very clearly communicating in the original greek here although this translation from the nasb comes close uh, there's an emphasis here that we might not catch in english that is extremely strong in the greek one of the first questions you know we should ask when we're reading any text from scripture is is there repetition are there any words here being repeated Well, in the NASB translation, we find one word three times here. What's that word? It's think. Indeed, what we do in Christ will have everything in the world to do with what we think we are in Christ. The thought from this verse is closely connected to the thoughts of the previous two verses as indicated by the presence of the first word of this verse, four. In other words, to use some philosophical language for a second here. The reason you do A is because of B, or you might say B, therefore A. You see, this verse summarizes everything that Paul has taught us about what has put us in a position of receiving God's grace. We're a new creation with a new nature. The question is, the question is, do we now fully grasp who we are? Do we? Do we really I mean, it's difficult because if we look in the mirror, we look just like we used to before we followed Jesus. You know, throughout the centuries that followed after the first century, it's entirely possible that there have been saints, there have been believers who lived godlier lives than Paul did. In fact, there may even be people walking the earth today who have. It's possible, if not probable, that many of you who listen to me and learn from what I teach live a life that is more godly than mine i wouldn't be surprised in fact i'd be surprised to find out that such was not the case and that's because the growth that we as christ followers experience has nothing to do with what paul or or me or any other teacher says instead it comes through the gifts instruction and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the obedience of the person who's being gifted, instructed, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit will instruct us is in understanding ourselves based on our position In Christ. Now we've seen that the word think shows up three times in the NASB translation of our verse. But the Holy Spirit actually inspired Paul to use the Greek word phroneo a total of four times in this verse, twice with prefixes and twice without. And this word phroneo means to have a understanding, or judgment, or as Donald Gray Barnhouse loosely defines it, it means to be sane and in one's right mind. There's a single word here in the Greek which gets translated as think more highly. It's phroneo, but it's with the prefix huper, which is where the word super comes from. So Paul's talking about the danger of seeing oneself as being greater than they truly are, thinking too highly of one's self. Ah, the infamous ego. Darren L. Johnson once said, quote, Any time there's a struggle between doing what is actually right and doing what seems right, then your ego is interfering with your decision, end quote. A former baseball player named Bill Lee once said, quote, The more self-centered and egotistical a guy is, the better ball player he's going to be, end quote. Now, <laughs> just being honest, I doubt that that's completely true in baseball. And Paul's telling us that nothing could be further from the truth for a follower Of Jesus. In fact, for the follower of Jesus, the opposite is true. The more self centered and egotistical we are, the further we are away from being conformed to the image of Jesus. It's a sad reality that many followers of Jesus are unable to see who they truly are in him because the self-worth and egotistical nature of the Adamic nature has been carried over into the nature that we now have as a new creation. A correct understanding of God should and ideally does lead to a correct understanding of ourselves, but where sometimes, we are sometimes the greatest obstacle to our own growth in the Lord. This verse makes it clear that thinking too highly of ourselves in Christ is not only entirely possible, but it's a reality and a struggle for a lot of people. For the person whose self-perception is higher than it should be, It's good to be reminded of what Jesus said. He said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's from John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Now remember that this verse has nothing to do with salvation. Rather, it pertains to the work, the fruit, which proceeds from the life of a person who has received this new nature, who's received salvation. Without him, without Jesus, without completely relying on his direction and his power, we can do nothing. Nothing. That's a humbling thought, isn't it? You know, I might be tempted to think that I would be capable of doing something good apart from him, but I have no choice other than to stand corrected as soon as I read what the Master has so clearly said here. The person who really and truly understands this is the type of person that God can and very likely will use. To paraphrase what Paul's telling us here, a follower of Jesus is not in their right mind when they think more highly of themselves than they should. Barnhouse says, quote, it is insane to hold a higher opinion of oneself than that which is allowed by God, End quote. The person isn't actually all so different from the anorexic or from the narcissist who doesn't see themselves in terms of reality. They don't see themselves as they truly are when they look in the mirror. The problem which results from this condition of having an overinflated ego about what we're capable of doing apart from Christ is that it causes a person to try to steal God's glory. The glory, all of the glory, belongs to God. When we think too highly of ourselves, we're likely to try to take a share of that glory for ourselves. and in, in fact, I'd say it's not even likely, it's probable. One of the most exciting aspects, though, of being a new creation in Christ Jesus with a new nature is the fact that, as Paul told the church in Corinth, each believer has been gifted in some unique way. Now, avoid the temptation to believe that what you've been gifted to do is something that comes strictly from your own abilities, friends. I'll have you know that... Uh, While I now love to preach and teach, whether that's through podcasting or in front of a live congregation, that hasn't always been the case. I mean, I I do love teaching. I do love preaching. And if I didn't, I wouldn't have taught like 500 lessons here on BibleStudyPodcast.org. But in fact, I can remember taking a public speaking class in college. And let me just tell you, I hated it. The idea of speaking for anything, uh, for even maybe five minutes, in front of a very small classroom scared me. To death. It had absolutely no appeal whatsoever to me. If you would have known me back then, if you would have known me at the time, you probably would have said that being a pastor teacher would very likely be about the last thing that I would ever end up doing. I was like everybody else who had this huge fear of public speaking. I mean, just as much fear of public speaking as, uh, as people have of death or prolonged suffering. But when I put my trust in Jesus for salvation and became a new creation, all of a sudden, there was something very different about me. Like a caterpillar starts growing wings as soon as it's safely in the cocoon. All of a sudden, I started feeling an urgency like I had never felt before to teach. Now, I wouldn't say that I'm fully developed in my gifting yet. I don't know if I ever will be, but that's something that God gave me a gifting and a passion for doing. It wasn't of my own. This is not who I have always been. I wouldn't have picked this gift if I had any choice in the matter. And praise the Lord, I didn't have any choice in the matter. But nevertheless, it's what God decided to gift me with. So if it's not of myself, do I have any reason to boast? Nope. I can only boast of what he's done in me and through me. It's his gifting that he gave to me, so he deserves the glory. He deserves the credit. But this is really only one end of the spectrum. At the other end, there's the tendency that we might have to think less of ourselves, think more lowly of ourselves than we should. To think less of ourselves than we deserve is equally wrong and equally debilitating To our growth in Christ. Yes, I'm telling you that if you think too lowly of yourself and who you are in Christ, you're in just as much sin as the person who thinks too highly of themselves. Jesus taught a parable, saying, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas and said to them, Do business with this until I come back. But his citizens, Hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these servants to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. The first appeared, saying, "'Master, your mina has made ten minas more.' And he said to him, "'Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little thing. You are to be in authority over ten cities.' The second one came, saying, "'Your mina, master, has made five minas.' And he said to him also, "'And you are to be over five cities.' Another came, saying, Master, here's your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you're an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down, and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, By your own words I will judge you, you worthless servant. Did you know that I am an exacting man, taking up what I did not lay down, and reaping what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in the bank, and having come, I would have collected it with interest? That's from Luke chapter 19, verses 12 to 23. The principle that Jesus is getting to here is that something is expected from the person to whom something is given. Believe me when I tell you that God has given you a gift. Yes, listen again. God has given you a spiritual gift of some sort or another. And if you are a legitimate follower of Jesus, and if you think more lowly of yourself than you should, then there's a very good chance that you won't use what you've been gifted with, at least not to the fullest of your abilities. And so Paul continues, he says, to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now the term sound judgment is actually the fourth use of that word that gets translated as think phroneo Paul is simply telling us think rightly see things as they really are with a sane mind so the principle here friends the principle that i want us to get here is that it is crucial it is vitally important that each one of us sees ourselves as we truly are in Christ if we're seeking his instruction, and if we're seeking his guidance, it will be given to us. Inflated pride has no place in the life of the true follower of Jesus, and neither does deflated pride. Paul tells us that God has gifted each of us with a portion of faith, and the purpose of that faith is to fuel our works. Don't try to do anything without using that portion of faith as your motivating and driving factor. At the same time, however, don't let it go to waste. Don't let it just sit there without drawing from it. So how do we do that? How do we know we're seeing ourselves correctly? How do we know what our gifts are exactly? Well, we're going to get into that in our next lesson, but for now, let me just encourage you to let your evaluation of self-worth and self-identity be made in light of God's incredible love for you and the fact that he's gifted you with gifts. Anything more or anything less is insanity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word and what it teaches us about who we are in Christ. Lord, I pray for each person who's listening to this message today. And I pray that you would be working in their minds and working in their hearts to reveal to them, Lord, the gifts that you've given them. I pray that they would be able to discern this gifting that you've given them or the giftings that you've given them correctly and that the people around them would encourage them and open up doors for them to use those gifts, Lord. God, we know that this is such an important aspect of, of our lives, and our identity in you. So I pray that you will clarify this for us, Lord, individually, each one of us, as we move forward and learn to serve you. We thank you, Lord, for this message. We thank you for your word. We pray that you will bless and preserve this lesson for years to come, for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody, this is Toby Logsdon from BibleStudyPodcasts.org. I want to personally thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen today and to study the Word of God with us. The only reason that we're able to provide our biblically sound teachings is because of the faithful giving of less than half of 1% of our listeners. I want to just take a moment to thank those of you who have supported our ministry and to encourage those of you who haven't to simply bring the issue to the Lord in prayer. If he's asking you to support our ministry, we depend on our listeners to keep us growing and going. You can help support our ministry by going to BibleStudyPodcasts.org and clicking on the support button on the right-hand side. There, you'll find a mailing address or a link to make a donation through PayPal. We thank you for listening today and pray that the Lord has blessed you and strengthened you through our teachings. Keep growing closer to Jesus.